Welcome back to another episode of Growth Support, where we facilitate growth for customer support professionals in a scaling business. I'm super excited about this one because today I got to be joined by Laura Bedoya to talk about her onboarding experience and what it's like to onboard with her and how she approaches it. Laura has been in some type of customer service role for 10 years. Starting her career in retail while figuring out what to do next, Laura eventually found working in tech was where she belonged. After a few years of being an IC, she was ready to lead a team of her own and is now the founding technical support manager at a CSP. Leading with a human-centric approach and leaning into her millennial age, she's transformed the support team reputation as not only a knowledgeable one, but the people that you want to talk with and connect with. I'll let you hear it from my own words. Let's dive right in. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you so much. So I'm really curious, first of all, what got you into support? Um, you know, it's really funny. Um, I So I went to college for interior design. And halfway through, I was like, this is really competitive. And I, I'm not a competitive person. I'm just not. Um, I, you know, the moment someone starts going like, you know, I'm better or whatever, I'm like, you know what you are, have fun, like totally on you. And so I was like, this is, I'm not going to do well. Um, so I started working in retail and was like, well, you know, I could probably make a career out of this, uh, eventually got into management and like thought that I was going to be a district manager and then soon realized this is also not for me it is very taxing um you know i feel like anyone that's listening to this has possibly probably more than likely worked at retail and it's brutal it is not fun um you got oh, i also come from a retail background isn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's you tough know, stuff it is it like i mean it prepared me in a lot of different ways and it helped me grow in my confidence a lot but i was like there's no way um it just was not for me and so i just started to kind of play around and be like all right well what can i do um started getting into office jobs because i wanted a very kind of like nine to five job and wanted weekends to myself um i kind of just was like let me just see where this goes like you know, I don't know. Who knows? I work hard. Something, something will fall on my lap. It'll make sense. Um, and I also was like, this is not for me. <laughs> um, and I had a friend when I worked at Apple that I stayed connected with and her company, which was at the time, um, still technically a startup, but also technically not a startup. Um, and they were hiring for product experts. Um, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Let me try it. Let me try something new. Let me get into like the, the real, real tech world. Um, and it was then and there that I was like, oh, I like this. I like connecting with people and problem solving and having to really think about workarounds and very creative, unique solutions for customers. Um, I'm a very social person. I love meeting new people. It is, I mean, it, it's, I just, I honestly really do love meeting new people and connecting with new people. So it just felt right. Um, and so I kind of just ran with it and I was like, cool, let me see like where I go with this. And 
here I am still here after that. That was in 2019. I don't know what year are we in. That was only a few years ago. Um, and I, I don't plan on stopping. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's quite the journey going from really finding what that balance looks like for you and what you enjoy. When when you started, I mean, at a startup going to scale up kind of in that growth phase company, what did your onboarding experience look like? Like, how did you get started? Yeah, you know, so that was why I became so passionate in onboarding because it was then that I realized how good of an onboarding I had and how prepared I was to do my job. Um, coming from someone who like troubleshooting, it, I was not, I didn't come from a background of troubleshooting. I, I didn't have that, you know, I, I think anybody can learn troubleshooting, right? Most of the time it's just trial and error. Let's try this, let's try that, let's try this, let's try that. You know, click a bunch of buttons, finding patterns. Um, anyone can learn that. Um, but, you know, being at like what at the time I considered like my first like big girl job, I was petrified. Um, but the onboarding was wonderful. I think so the first day we went in and we got like fully like admin set up. Like we signed into our laptops. It was like a, a, a class of like, I don't even remember how many of, of us there were, but there were quite a few of us, um, which is also cool to have an onboarding class, you know, cause you got to connect with people who are also not part of your team. They're part of other teams that you may, you probably would have never talked to. Um, but now you have friends, which is, you know, nice to see familiar faces around the office and an elevator coming in, leaving. Um, and so first day admin set up, we got, you know, everything set up on our, our laptops, whatever tech stack they were using, um, kind of just, you know, let's just get all of like the, the basics so you can then start doing your job. And then it went straight into um, the onboarding for my specific team. So I started learning about the product. I started learning about common questions, uh, where to start, how to, you know, troubleshooting, what kind of questions to ask, follow up questions, all the good stuff. And that really, really, really prepared me and made me, I was still petrified because I was, um, I was one of the first that was supporting an entire office by myself. Um, and so I was like, there's no one that I can really lean on. Um, I, you know, Slack of course was there, so I can always like chat with them, but there wasn't anyone sitting next to me that I could go, Hey, like, what do you think about this? Like, what, like, I don't know what to do. Um, so it was, it was wonderful. That, that was, that was my first introduction to like a really good onboarding experience. And it just set the stage for me. And so like, that was the, the bar was set super high. And so after that, I was like, okay, cool. This is what I expect every time now. Um, so that's really what actually got me first into being so passionate about onboarding. Cause it just made me feel so confident and good and like I could actually do this job. Well, I think your and I's onboarding experience into a startup is so different. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds like yours aren't really good. Mine, when I started company, eight people or so, the person who I was brought in alongside, who was supposed to be onboarding me is just like, yeah, yeah here's your stuff. I'm going to wear headphones and do my work. Good luck. Like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, sweet let's go like i, I can log in all right <laughs> so oh my me, god it's a very different experience but i'm i'm really curious have you had an onboarding nightmare experience or like just good so far no i've definitely had i mean um 
<laughs> you know, I feel like with, when I specifically with startups, um, you know, I was the 28th, I think I was the 28th hire. Um, and it wasn't, a, a, you know, at my current company, um, it wasn't like a bad experience, I wouldn't say, but it definitely, I was like, we could do better guys. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. It pretty much was just like, here's your laptop. Like, here's some resources to read. We're going to help you along the way. But there was no like structure day one day two day three this is how long it's going to take you this is you know it like it was just kind of like learning on the fly a lot um which for me also i will say does work um i'm very hands-on and like very visual so like when you present me with the problem and help me through the the real life problem i will learn so much quicker um so for me it worked but as we all know everybody is different and everybody has different learning styles um and so you know you have to prepare for those types of things and so you know it wasn't i think some of like my worst onboarding experiences were probably when i was like really in my early 20s like working retail jobs or like working an office job that was like very very tiny um but even then it, you know i i felt like i had enough support to be able to do my responsibilities um so i can't say that i've had like awful just like nightmare onboarding experiences but i've definitely had experiences where i was like it took me that much longer to be able to actually like be up and running um and doing the job that i was hired to do which that's losing money as a company yeah if it takes you so long to even get started you're not like actually being productive until much later you mentioned one thing like yes having a very clear structure is really important also staying flexible with how people learn i'm really curious in your onboarding what do you look at as how much is too much structure or how do you go about finding that balance um so i think you know it's hard to find a balance that's going to work for everybody right it like you you're never going to make everybody happy um but I think being able to provide both visual and written options, as well as like, you know, kind of together, um, that I, I have found that it's probably one of like the better things to do. Um, Cause you know, you're, you're getting your mind to really work um, and really think and, and be engaged. And so, it's kind of like a little bit of everything to see what actually sticks. Like, you know, some of the onboarding that we've created, there is reading and then there's a video of someone kind of like going through what you kind of read, right? Obviously not like word for word, but it's essentially just reiterating what you've already read. And then we have a quiz. Um, and it's not to be like, you didn't learn anything. It's just to make sure that the information is actually sticking. Because if it's not sticking, then you're not, then then that, you know, hopefully that shows you, okay, I'm obviously not understanding something. Let me go back and try to understand what am I, what am I not understanding? So it's it's more of an opportunity for you to be able to go, something clearly is not like I'm I'm not understanding this. I don't remember this or whatever the case may be. So you can then, you have the opportunity to go back and like kind of like relearn it. Um, that's what I think I have found the most helpful because um, it hits a couple of different things, right? So you have your visual learners, you have people who like 
reading and it really sticks with them. Like I can't read something and it sticks with me. I've got to read the same sentence like five times until I'm finally like, oh, okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm a much more learned by doing person myself. So like, I need to get hands on. I need to get in there to learn it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the quiz is more of like that hands on where it's like, here's a question, here's a problem, solve it. And so now you're like, okay, well, how do I do this? And like, you know, you, you have a demo account that you can kind of like go in and be like, all right, let me try to reproduce this. Let me go into this product and let me click around and see like what it is. So it's not like just memory based. It's also like, no, you, you have in doing your job, you're not going to have to remember all this stuff. You have a demo account that you're going to be able to actually play in. So like use that resource while you're still in training, click around, find out what, you know, the workflow and what makes sense. And also, I think it's super helpful for new people to go into demos because the whole, the when it comes to UX, it should make sense, right? For someone who is brand new to your product, it should make sense. It shouldn't be su this super complicated thing to be able to do wh whatever action you want to do. Um, so having that, I think, is super helpful. And we've, I've been very lucky that a lot of our new hires at my current company, um, they're all phenomenal because as soon as they start onboarding, they're like, hey, this doesn't really make any sense. And they give feedback almost immediately. And like that product feedback is valuable. Like you, we know that you are not tech illiterate. Some customers are just not techie people and that's totally okay. Um, but if it's not making sense to somebody who has been in the tech world and you're getting feedback, it's some, maybe something to consider. Definitely. And you're, so you mentioned your company right now, it's a lot of online learning and online information. So you're completely remote, right? Yeah, so we're all remote. Um, we have an office in New York, and there's a couple of people that live in New York. But um, for the most part, we, we, we're we mostly in the US, but we do have a couple of people um, in like London and Spain and a couple of other countries. And how do you make sure that the information stays consistent while you're remote onboarding across time zones? Um, we have an LMS. Um, so, you know, they're, they're everybody signing into that LMS and going through the same um, kind of um, trainings. And then so the way that our onboarding is set is uh, the first the first week. I haven't looked at our onboarding in such a long time. So our first week is all kind of like LMS. Right. So it, you're on your own. No one is to bother you like we are. I, I I partnered up with our um like our head of people and culture. I don't know if that's what her title is, but that's just what I say because that's what she does. Um, so I partnered with her to create our onboarding. Um, and um, what we did was okay, week one, like managers are not to bother you unless it's like maybe to invite you to a couple of different meetings or something, you know, introduce you to team members or talk to people, of course, no problem. But nobody should be assigning any work to you on week one um, because you should be learning and you should be learning about not just the product, but about our company, how we work, our meetings, our structure, our communication style, just kind of absorbing and being able to actually integrate into the company. Um, so that's week one. And especially day one, like we are so overprotective, like you are not to do literally anything on day one. Like we need to make sure that all of their HR, first of all, you need to get paid. So like do your HR stuff. 
you know, like those things are very important. Um, and then, you know, having a laptop set up, like if you can't sign into your Gmail, that's a problem. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting all of those things over and done with. And then from there, um, we have, I've set up like actual in-person, well, in-person quotations, because uh, obviously we're remote, but I lead um, a live training where I'm pretty sure it's week two, where I go and we talk about our most like used and our most complex tools. Um, so we don't go over everything, but we go over what customers get the most confused about, what we get asked about most, and what is being used the most. Because obviously, if you're using the most, most of your questions are going to come from that. Um, so that's how the first two weeks are. Week three uh, is usually some shadowing, and then week four is reverse shadowing. So you mentioned this, this live class. Is that just with your team, or is that specifically, or is it open everybody. to most everybody? Yeah, it's super easy from the support leader as well, because you know the functionality of the platform and you know how it all works and interacts uh, with them as well. I think it's super beneficial to have everybody's going to be interacting with your product. Everybody needs to be able to understand those pain points. Even if they're building part of the product, they should right. still bring that voice of the customer up to the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, you know, at my last company, I would, my, my priority was voice of the customer. Um, so like I'm also very passionate about that because like I, you know, I actually just spoke to one of our engineers the other day about this issue that we were having with a customer. Um, and we found some functionality that just like really didn't make sense. It made sense for product, doesn't make sense for a customer. And I said something and she laughed and I was like, <laughs> if this doesn't make to the doesn't make sense to the customer, then like, why does it exist? Like what's what's the point here? Like we're creating product for the customer without a customer, we're not anything. Uh, and she kind of giggled and she was like, no, I know. Um, so then, you know, we, we, we're gonna improve the experience, but I'm like, it's just a reminder, like, hey, we're making products for customers, not for us. So it doesn't matter what we think, it's what the customer thinks. Yeah, and then it's super important to get everybody from the company involved in that process and understanding what those pain points are. Yeah. I'm really curious, like, for me, because the way that we do onboarding is we have an, a local office in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, and we do all of our onboarding in person. So it's not that we're remote, so it's kind of an opposite spectrum from yeah. you. And my first support person that I hired, we did our onboarding. We literally sat at the same desk next to each other and just did tickets, hands-on, super evolved. Here you go. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, and the onboarding experience obviously evolved as the team is growing, as we're changing, keeping into account that people learn in different ways. Um, and at the end of it, on the Friday, because it's like information overload, there's so much that's going on, there's so much to take in. Friday is a bit of a break day of, hey, let's take a refresh, let's relook at all the things we learned this week and all of that. And I put her through a scavenger hunt through the office of all like the little tidbits of information that she learned throughout the week to go find the people that she's supposed to talk to and things. I'm really curious how like the virtual engaged experience versus like something in office like that. How do you blend the experience of getting people engaged from people and culture standpoint on a remote team? Yeah, so we actually created a onboarding Slack channel 
Um, and we also try our very best to, when we hire, we try to have people start like a hiring class, right? So it's just one or onboarding class, I should say. Um, so it's not just one person, it's multiple people. So again, they can connect, they have buddies, they can get to know each other. And so from like a culture standpoint, being the new person is hard. But if you're the new person with like a couple of other new people, great, you kind of have like a little, you know, group that you can rely on and you can go like, oh, we started, you know, like, where'd you come from or get to know them. Um, so that number one, like we have found that has been super helpful. Um, day one, there's a, it's, you know, because we're everyone is like different time zones and you know a lot of like leadership is in the us um for our like EMEA um employees that could be you know they go like a whole day just kind of like waiting and then finally like 9 a.m our time which is like afternoon for them they finally get uh our uh hr person that kind of like is like hey you know welcome to the company whatever um but we've tried to, so like one of my last hires is based in London and like, I'm always worried about them. And we always say like, we're, they're like on an Island because most of us are in the U S. And so like for us, one of our top priorities is making sure that they feel included. Um, so what I've started doing is like, okay, cool. 9am your time. I'm going to put a meeting with other people that have already been with the company that are going to welcome you. Um, so that way you also have like a face to and not just being like a laptop opening up at 9 a.m and going all right let me read like my to-do list like i just feel like that's not fun um and not a good look on the company as well so you know having somebody just kind of like hey i'm so and so i do this i've been here like just something a little bit more casual um and then we send like a whole like to do like hey this is what you're gonna do and our onboarding we just try to make it very fun we've got like all kinds of gifts and we've got jokes and you know just something to like at least make you kind of like giggle throughout um but the onboarding channel is super important because there uh we obviously not everyone is in that channel it's just the, the onboarding class and so we'll kick people out from the last onboarding class and then invite the new the new class and there's kind of like a resource for them to either connect socially um ask any questions or anything like that um you know i, I feel like especially when you're new more than likely you're going to have a question that somebody else is going to have but maybe that person doesn't feel comfortable so if you ask now you're like oh shoot you know what like i actually also had that question maybe i forgot about it or you know i got distracted uh or just didn't feel comfortable asking because i thought it was a silly question um which is fair people always constantly think that there's no silly question, especially when you're new. Um, but it's nice to have that onboarding channel for them. Um, and we try very hard to also encourage a lot of socializing. So we give them a list of like, here are all the people that we think that you should meet. They're not all people on your team. They are people that are um, on other in other departments that you may not ever work with, but get to know them. Like, why not? Um, and then we have a bunch of like other fun channels that, you know, we've got like random and we've got music and we've got food and TV shows and everything. So they can start to kind of like really integrate into everything um, without also having like a bunch of meetings. Meetings would be great because you get to see people all the time, but that's also time spent sitting down in a meeting when you can be doing other work. So we try to balance it out as much as we can. Um, 
some of the things that we do to kind of, you know, just make sure that on a, on the culture standpoint, um, we're kind of satisfying and making sure that we're making a lot of different socializing available to all of our new hires. When you start people in cohorts and in groups, cultivating that connection space is really important, especially what you mentioned, like no question is a stupid question. And maybe some people are a bit more uh, hesitant to ask, right, in terms of, okay. hey, let's get started. So really, when you start making these connections, when you talk about the kind of practicalities of your role itself, you said that setting expectations is super important make sure that the expectation is clear of what needs to get done and the things that are happening, but also in terms of your growth. I'm curious to what your approach to, like, do you take a standard 30, 60, 90 kind of day plan around your growth or how do you set that clear expectation for people? Yeah, so um, for my team specifically, it's a 30 day plan. Um, it's for a startup, we need like, we're not hiring you for fun. <laughs> We're hiring you because we need, <laughs> we need you. Um, so in that I try to make it very like, okay, you have 30 days. I'm not expecting you to be a product expert. You have a bunch of resources that you can still rely on. But by day 31 of you being at this company, you are on your own. And now it is up to you to find those resources when you need those resources. Again, like I tell my team all the time, I'm like, it is okay to make a mistake. For one, we're not saving lives. We're really like everyone and everything will be, I promise you, everything will be okay. There's a solution for almost anything. And so if you make a mistake, that's okay. Own it, learn from it rectify it. That's all I ask. It is okay to make a mistake. Um, so in the first 30 days, they go through all of their training. We really, really hold their hand. And then by day 31, I'm like, all right, I'm going to let go. I'm still here though. And the team is still here and you have a bunch of other resources available to you. I mean, we have a, an abundance of internal documentation when it comes to troubleshooting as well. Like we have troubleshooting guides of like, okay, what's the first, if this customer reaches out about this question, what should I be asking? What should I be looking? Where should I be? Like, what are my first steps? Um, so you also, not only if you're like, I really don't want to ask anyone, I want to figure this out. You have so many different resources to be able to do that. And within the 30 days, you get introduced to all those resources. I mean, I, I go as far as also, doing like a bookmark um, file where I bookmark everything for them. And on day one, they download that bookmark into their Chrome and they have all the tools and all the resources available to them. They don't ever, ever have to hunt them down. It's just there for them. And so they can easily just go, these are all my support tools. These are my resources. Let me look through everything over here to see what I can use to do that. So it's just a 30 day. That's for my team specifically. Everybody else, the onboarding is just two weeks and then it's up to their individual managers to kind of, you know, see whatever fits um, their onboarding experience after the two weeks. I mean, especially for like a support person, specifically when you're looking for them, kind of being relentlessly resourceful is part of the gig. Like, <laughs> it's part totally. of it as well. But it's really cool to hear that you set them up with like the bookmark file where it actually is integrated into the things that they're using on hand as well. That's a really cool way to bring it in directly. Yeah. In that sense of like hey you actually have it and it's not hidden in a knowledge base somewhere it's in your browser right when you're using it you have it exactly nice and 
when you go to onboard somebody fully, you say, hey, okay, it's gone. I personally live by the phrase, you can come to me anytime, just not every time after you're onboarded. So you, anytime you need me, I'm definitely here to support you. It's just sometimes you just set that expectation of clearly, like you, sometimes you're gonna have to find an answer on your own a little bit. But I do always wanna make sure that you have that support. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of giving the ability of people to find it out on their own, but also having your team as like a safety net where it's like, it's okay if you can find it, you tried, you still have the rest of the team to kind of be there for you as well. And I mean, that that's the, the idea of having a team, right? Like you should all be collaborating and you should all be supporting each other at the end of the day, especially when you're new, um, you know, you're still learning so much. And speaking of learning, I, I ask a question to everyone <laughs> on Go Support. Over the course of your career, not just in onboarding and not just in support, but just in general, is there one particular thing that you still like you've learned that you still hold to today? Um hmm, that's a really good question. I mean, I think I don't know, just something that I think I've I've learned over the years is and that I am I also just like preach very much is what I just said before, like, it's okay to make mistakes. Nobody's, we're not saving lives. You know, we're, we're really, really not. Um, and it's, a, it's about how you react and how you handle that mistake. Um, that's what's most important. It's, it's really going, okay. I said, like, I thought this was the functionality. Uh, turns out that's not what happens. That's, you know, it's not, it actually works differently. You go, hey, my apologies. Um, I, you know, misunderstood how this product works. As it turns out, it actually does X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm going to make sure that this gets into like our documentation so this mistake doesn't happen again, right? So you are acknowledging, you are taking accountability, and then you're also going like, hey, I made this mistake and I don't want anybody else to make this mistake. I'm going to make sure that we get this documented. So our customers know and we know in the case that this happens ever again. Um, I think for me, that's probably one of like the biggest life lessons is that mistakes are totally okay and support people are going to make mistakes. As much as like we would love for support people to be 100% perfect and know absolutely everything, we're still human beings and that is literally impossible. Um, so it's just really, you know, how do you then move forward from making a mistake? How do you own it? How do you take accountability? And how do you do a long-term solution so it doesn't happen again? I love that because if you do own it and you do kind of take that responsibility, the other person that could be affected if it is a interaction that has multiple people involved feels that as well, right? You take that responsibility and that ownership and they're going to most likely respect yes. and feel that as well. Thank you so much for sharing your onboarding experience, what that looks like for you and kind of the thought process that you have behind it. That's super helpful. And, and I hope that it can help other people as well when they're starting to plan, especially their remote onboarding experience for people. Cool, thank you. I love talking about onboarding and setting expectations. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Neil, have a good one. You too.
Thanks for joining us for this conversation. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn, or you can also join Support Driven and you can chat with everyone in the wonderful community that we have there.